Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. That was the loudest the intro music has ever been and now I can't hear properly. Um, but I'm still <laughs> going to attempt to be your host this week, Chris. And as always, Tom is here and Stu is here. Hello. Hello. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> and now Tom cannot talk for the rest of the podcast. Well, actually, that might be good for Tom because he's not uh, not feeling 100% this week. So if Tom's a little quieter than normal, that's why. Um, I think we've been saying for a while now that Spain is going to be the big test of the new regulations. And I think we can say it's passed, can't we? That was... I would say so, yeah. I'd say, Pretty yeah. Pretty good. It depends if you're yeah. if you're a Verstappen fan, you might say otherwise, but because <laughs> that duel that he I mean... had with uh, <laughs> Russell was probably quite frustrating for him but yeah that wasn't that wasn't necessarily regulations fault though that was no. whoever whoever built the drs levers fault <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um right i think we'll just actually i think what we'll do given how much we talked about upgrades we'll have a run through the teams and we'll just have a quick look at what upgrades they actually bought as well just for a bit of context um Ooh. Tom has been in charge of the notes this week, and he's done them in reverse order. So we go in reverse order this week, just to mix things yeah, up. Yeah, I, I kind of went like from roughly the teams finishing worst to the team finishing best. So um, it's not obviously some teams had a bit mixed results, so it's not quite right, but generally speaking, generally. it's about right. Yeah. Um, well, no surprises then that we start with Williams who uh, had new rear wing and some new um, winglets around the rear brake ducts. Didn't do them a whole lot of good, did it? Pretty disappointing all around for them. Um, Qualified at the back. It was only Alonso who got the engine penalty behind them. On track, they beat Magnussen, who was wounded from lap one. Um, Albon did four stops and said that even with four stops, he couldn't drive slow enough to stop the tyres degrading. Um, I think he had some floor damage as well, didn't he, that didn't help? Or, or he seemed, uh, I'm sure I heard him say that at some point during one of his post-race interviews, that he, the car was damaged. But... I don't know there were many cars that didn't have floor damage after that race, True. it felt like. <laughs> True. Um, it, it kind of feels to me like it's unfortunately similar to the Williams of the last few years where it is a very um, situational car. Like it doesn't take much Mm. for it to just be knocked out of the window. You know, like they always said last year, like whenever it was windy, the Williams were shocking and it feels like the same thing. Like maybe it was the heat this time. Maybe it was the circuit circumstances, but it's a bit of a feast or famine sort of car, isn't it? Yeah, I think other teams improving around them has probably not helped as well. Like even no, if it's only <laughs> minor, it gulfs them, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, don't yeah. care. It's Williams. Back. <laughs> it's not that interesting. <laughs> Sorry, Williams fans. No one cares about you anymore. So that's you. Um, <laughs> what is interesting is Haas. So Haas turned up with no upgrades. All Haas did was stiffen the supports on the floor and all of a sudden the car got faster. They were able to Mm. run it much lower than before. Uh, Apparently their engineers were shocked at how much faster their car got just from stiffening the pre-existing floor. Um, Ended up qualifying... They were both in Q3, weren't they? The Hasses. Yeah, Mick got through for the first time. I think it ended up 10th... 
Magnussen was eighth, I think. So like a decent enough yeah. qualifying for them. Um, obviously yeah, Magnussen the race didn't pan out that way. Yeah, Magnussen in that. I guess we can talk about that now. The Magnussen Hamilton clash on lap one went down as a racing incident. Yeah, I think fair enough. Probably about right. Yeah. Mm, if if anything, it was unfortunate. Say, it, was, it was unfortunate for Magnussen because <clears throat> the move was kind of on. Like it was going to yeah. put him in a really strong position down um, down the run to the left hander. Yeah, if he'd managed to hang it around the outside and keep it there, if Hamilton not had his understeer moment and got into yeah. it. Yeah, when you go in, I think if you get going to get that close to someone going around that corner that early in the race with like cold tires, there's always a big risk that you're going to mm. the driver you're going around the outside is going to yeah. have either an oversteer and understeer moment or a catchy moment, and um, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, especially when he's exactly on the harder compound of the two as well. Yeah, mm. like he was on he was on the mediums, Lewis wasn't here for the start of that race. I think he was one of the only people that started on them. Um, yeah. so yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it was uh, there was an understeery moment from Lewis that took him towards Magnussen, but Magnussen equally could have left a bit more space, like Stu says, to to yeah. allow for that to happen. He, there was, he didn't need to be pinching quite as much as he was, let's put it that way. There was, there was plenty of room for him to stick that around the outside and make it work. And it's a bit sad, really, I guess, because the, the way the way he'd started initially, it you know, could have been like a candidate for move of the day if he got around him and then down hmm. the inside of somebody else into turn five. It's it's like a bit of a what could have been, I think, Clarice for, for K-Mag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we've probably got a few candidates for move of the day, though, this this week. So. There is quite a few. <laughs> There's a lot, yeah. There's quite a few when we get there. Um, Mick, a bit disappointing. He was running the points for a while, but faded mm. down to 14th in the end. He was one of the few that did a two-stopper and wasn't really the way to go, was it, in hindsight? No, didn't really work, strategy. did it? Yeah. It really hurt him, I think. Like he, he he never he never regained a points position, or maybe he did briefly because of other people's yeah. pit stops. But once he dropped out of the points for that first stop, like really early on, like like eleven, twelve, whatever it was, like after that, he then just didn't really recover a points position from what I remember. So bit of a shame. Um, right, Nick <laughs> Aston Martin. Um, I'm not going to read the list of new parts they brought because basically they bought a new car. <laughs> they just brought, they just a, brought Red a Red Bull. Bull. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jinx again. So Jinx. This... <laughs> right, let's let's get into this because this whole thing is fascinating. Um, so it obviously piqued Red Bull's <laughs> interest in me. In fact, Red Bull said Red Bull were given a heads up by the FIA about this the FIA although the FIA said they did all of their investigations and found no reason to doubt Aston Martin had developed these parts on their own apparently the FIA did give Red Bull a heads up of like just so you know there's going to be a car turning up this weekend that looks remarkably like yours but we've done the due diligence and we're happy it's developed on their own um yeah Red Bull have said they're going to be doing some internal investigations. They've obviously had a number of people leave Red Bull for other teams in the last couple of years, a number of which went to Aston Martin. Um, So they are sort of obviously quite suspicious. Aston Martin, for Mm -hmm. their side, they are claiming that they essentially were developing two philosophies at once before the season. And that they were really surprised when at the start of the season, Red Bull turned up on track with their 
second concept and that they've right. been developing this <laughs> for ages, which I find <laughs> extremely hard to believe. I don't really believe that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> initially I was a bit oh here we go again people are like you know making a mountain over molehill but when you actually see them side by side they are remarkably similar concepts they're, like, they're, they're similar but they're not the same you know? not exactly like, the same but there are key differences like the side pod in like yeah, yeah. quite different the um, the beam wing at the back is is really different as well um, the diffuser mm. the diffuser's not dissimilar but again but it's again it's not exactly the same there's just i think there's similarities in concept there and yeah a lot of designers have left red bull and gone to aston martin the last few years and you can't unlearn you know think how long red bull would have been developing that car you can't unlearn what you've learned like and they're going to take that knowledge with them whether it's written down or not like it's still there in your head and yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, you know you, you can't just magically forget that, forget can you? yeah yeah, you're not just going to forget your concepts that you've designed for one team and, just I mean, going to another. The most ho- high-profile person who's moved is um, Dan Fellows, who's, I think he's head yeah. of Aero now, but he only was allowed to join Aston Martin a month ago, and they've not turned around a copy of a Red Bull in a month. So it's not like he's just turned up with a folder full of Red Bull designs. Like, it's not that blatant. <laughs> but What I like about this is they've used a Mercedes approach to a red bull design as in turn up with one thing and then change it like what mercedes did to make it look like a red bull <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just like how many teams can you copy in one move at least this year they've <laughs> copied the current car and not a year old car i suppose true <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah it's i mean this is definitely going to rumble on it's the thing is like the whole oh we had two concepts idea kind of falls down where it's like well if you think this one's faster, why have you been running the slow version for the? Yeah, yeah Where's like... the budget coming? Where's the budget cap again? Yeah, like the budget cap coming from to 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 design two cars and manufacture two completely different cars. It's it's yeah. so strange. absolute nonsense. Like it was, surely it's, I guess that's a little bit harsh to call it nonsense, but surely they're surely like if they ha- if they haven't been developing this all the time. It must. I mean, it's, it's basically a B spec car, isn't it? Yeah, they're, they're calling it the, yeah. the B. It's it's very peculiar. It, it is. is. I mean, I don't believe for a second that it's not. Got, I mean, the cars have been going around so long enough now that you can get photos and and sort of figure out measurements and things like that. But you're never going to get it like so precise that. Um, yeah, the I think the they must have at least had an idea in mind of that's where they were actually going because. I'm trying to remember how much the original Aston before these changes compared to the the stock like sample car that F1 provided because there were one or two that were well, quite close to it and I'm sure I remember the Aston no, being one they, of the closer ones. They, I, I think, were the first team where their like car launch actually was more or less the car. Like they didn't just paint a show car. They actually did launch the car and Yeah. Sorry, I'm meaning more like the actual finished design of their car was most similar to what how the stock car uh, the side pods looked. Did you see what I mean? Yeah. Were they? And I'm trying to picture the original one in my head. That's why I'm had, struggling. But it had the very high front wing. We were joking how you could basically climb underneath yeah. the front wing on it. Which it was ridiculously high yeah. that front wing. The whole I thing... just feel like 
that was like a bare minimum, let's get something out kind of launch. And because, like, like you say, you can't just turn these around that quickly, especially not with the budget restrictions that are in place these days. Mm -hmm. So I think that like there was always plans to go in this direction and they potentially were waiting for, you know, key members of staff to come out of gardening leaves and so on to mm -hmm. finalize certain things and test certain things and then get them on the car. Um, the whole thing's very suspicious. Yeah. It, it is very, very, very suspicious. Very, very suspicious. Mm. But um, I, we're just going to have to wait and see. Like, we could talk about this all. You could do a whole episode on this, but yeah, you know, and, like, I mean, we don't know enough about it really to to sort of get into too much in, too much detail. Like, it's one yeah. of those things where it's so cloaked in secrecy that we might never know. We might never find out. And it, yes, this car looks like the Red Bull now, but as the car as the Red Bull develops and as this car develops, yeah. they might diverge again. So. It, it, it could it could rumble on. It could be like a whole thing for the whole season, or it could just turn into nothing and disappear. Well, it's probably going to be like dampened by the fact that it's not like they turned up and were on the podium. Like they yeah. neither the make yeah exactly and they finished sixteenth and seventeenth. So yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. like they've turned up with the Red Bull suddenly and exactly yeah yeah yeah. So I I think there's probably not much to worry about here from Red Bull's perspective. I think if they're doing anything, it's just, it's kind of like a, a warning shot, I guess. Yeah, it's say. definitely not like the, the tracing point thing where they turn up last year's Mercedes and were suddenly the third fastest car. Like other teams yeah. are rightfully annoyed by that. Whereas obviously this is yeah. like, there's a concern for Red Bull that they've got a leaky ship that, you know, stuff's getting out yeah. of the, the team. But in terms of a wider sporting thing, I don't think it's nearly as huge an issue. No. Let's um, let's do the next bit then. Yeah. Um, quickly do Alpha Terry. Um, Sonoda managed to get up into the points from starting 13th. Um, Gasly, pretty poor weekend. He started 14th and finished 13th. Um, he had that clash with Stroll, which Gasly got a five-second penalty and I think a couple of penalty points for, which... I believe Gasly held his hands up and said, "Yeah, that one was on me." After the race, um, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, late, it was. He was a bit late turning in after being yeah. overtaken around the outside, wasn't he? He was a bit ambitious trying to run that far out yeah. wide when Stroll was there. So, I mean, in it because of who it was, I initially like was ready to blame Stroll. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but then I sort of watched it back and took it in. I was like, "Yeah, Gasly's sort of been a bit." sloppy on the turn in there and left the nose stuck out when he shouldn't have. Mm, it's that, that the Gasly Sonoda sort of inter-team duel is really interesting this year because Sonoda's definitely come on a lot from mm. last year and he's they're a lot closer this year than I think most people expected, especially Pierre Gasly. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, I mean do you want to dip into inbox now? Because there is actually a question about it. We could like pull that one out now. Yeah, we could like. while we're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, do it, do it. I yeah, think just before that's... you do, like I think for me so far this year, Avatar have actually been quite anonymous. Like I've not really seen. Mm, they have. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. An awful the lot teams of attention. Not... Yeah. yeah. So the the thing from inbox, so Charlotte Taylor tweeted us to say, "What has happened to Pierre Gasly this season? Is Sonoda outperforming the car? Gasly underperforming, or a bit of both?" Um. And I think the bit of both is probably where I'm at for that. I think Gasly's not doesn't seem quite himself in this new car. And I think Sonoda's kind of stepped up from that stronger 
like improved end to last season and kind of carried that momentum forward quite well. So I think he's a bit of both for me. Mm, I think it is. Um, cool. I almost feel like Gasly's maybe struggling. <laughs> I think Gasly's maybe struggling to get a handle on these new cars compared to a lot of drivers as well. He seems to... Yeah, possibly. Lost a bit of pace, I think. Hmm. Um, who's next? McLaren. So McLaren bought a few upgrades as well. There are a few Cirque-specific things, but they had new um, sort of fairings on front suspension, um, quite a few um, front corner kind of aero parts, and new engine cover, um, quite, quite a lot of new aero parts in the McLaren. But I get anonymous is the word again, isn't it? It was not a... A little bit. Uh, Norris should have done a bit better in qualifying, but he had a lap deleted, so they ended up 8th and 11th. Cost him Q3, that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Norris was so ill for the whole weekend. Like, I don't know if you saw on the um, driver's parade, but he was just, like, sat in a corner on the back of the truck, like, holding a wet towel against his head. Like, he looked... Mm. I find that so harsh. I was saying to you on, on Sunday, Chris, like, the fact that they made him still made him do the driver's parade even though yeah like because obviously if you don't do the driver's parade then you get in trouble with the fia and and formula one and there's like reprimands coming to play and things like that and potential mm. penalties i just think in that weather when someone's clearly that ill yeah that just give them an exam and do that just just let them off the hook yeah just don't yeah. make if they're gonna sit in like a 60 degree formula one car for two hours in an hour's time so just yeah, he cut him some slack, man. Like, yeah, about the only the slack. Yeah, I can't even say it. The only slack that I remember him being cut throughout all of that was that he didn't attend the anthem, did he? Oh, did, I, he, I not? did he, not? he was. I believe he was missing from the anthem, and it was because he was with like one of the medical doctors provided okay. by the FAA. Me- the medical like, doctors basically <laughs> getting yeah not not uh, not an educational doctor <laughs> yeah. a medical doctor not the not the taylor swift kind of doctor <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, that's right i've got my finger on the pulse i know I what's going on in current affairs <laughs> uh that said since that he's been diagnosed with uh, tonsillitis um and having had pretty bad tonsillitis i can sympathize because that kicks your ass so yeah. I'm honestly surprised he was in that race car at all. Like he looked, yeah. <clears throat> I've never seen someone yeah. so ill pre-race. <laughs> like he looked like the drivers normally look when they're getting out of the car in like Malaysia or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, poor guy. Yeah. Heart goes out to Lando Norris. Yeah, but he, he battled through for eighth place, got some points. Um, which, is, which is impressive. Yeah. Um, Ricardo said he had four sets of tires and was very, very slow on all of them. So... <laughs> Not a happy weekend for him. Fedoy. Uh, I mean, it's, it's another unhappy weekend for Ricardo. Yeah, isn't it? I'm starting to get concerned about Ricardo now. Mm. Very concerned. Um, I don't. I, I, I think when Norris was in the situation he was, um, was basically further up the field. I think it says a lot for me. Sadly. Yeah. 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 Actually, if you're ever going to be able something... to be a teammate. There's something yeah, about well, the I mean, that just doesn't work well for Ricardo, isn't there? Something about the philosophy, the design of their car. Potentially, definitely... yeah. Like when you when you look at it, like Ricardo's gone backwards as well. Ricardo's yeah. 
started mm. in the points and gone backwards. Norris has started outside of them and gained positions. So they've they've almost like switched places. Like what was it? Norris got eighth from eleventh. Yeah. And Ricardo finished twelfth from ninth. So they've more or less switched places there. They did more or is, less the same strategy yeah. as well. Um their their soft stint was just kind of Lando's was his second stint and Danny's was his third mm. stint, but basically did the same strategy as well. So yeah. yeah. Tough times for him. Yeah. Mm. Um, LP next. No enormous upgrades for them. Just a few new aero bits <clears throat> here and there. Um, Alonso obviously ended up having to start from the back of the grid. Um, after he got knocked out, they decided to change his engine, which is understandable. Um, really good pace. They, they sort of struggled in qualifying, but had really good race pace, the Alpines. Alonso fought yeah, back up to ninth. Alpine, um, Ocon up to 7th and 13th on the grid. Um, five of those places Alonso got on lap one. Um, helped in part yeah. by Hamilton and Magnussen, but even so, it's a classic uh, <laughs> Alonso lap one. Yeah. Good good race car, though, it looked, the Alpine. Yeah, it looked really good on race pace, didn't it? Just not as good on quality pace, like you were saying. So, whether, I mean, the, the points are won on Sunday, I guess, but you've got to be in a good position to start off with to be able to make make a move. So you I get need, leaning you more a towards car. a race setup, but yeah. you, you need to also be quick in quality, don't you? Otherwise, you're just compromising yourself every weekend, having to start from like 13th, 14th, 15th, and then Battle your way try up, and yeah. take advantage of your race pace. Like you want to be qualifying in that Q3 sector, really, don't you? Like yeah. somewhere in, the, in Q3. And then taking advantage of your race pace, but yeah, I mean the, the fact that they've not brought—they haven't really brought any upgrades, have they? Like, I don't think. I don't remember seeing anything significant. Not anyway. nothing huge. It was just little bits and bobs here and there. Yeah. So maybe there's more to come on that. Yeah. Um, a team that did bring a lot of upgrades was Alfa Romeo. They had new front wing, new wishbone covers, new wing mirrors, new floor, new engine cover. Um, Updates the rear suspension, new rear wing as well. Um, and it did them well. Um, it was a shame that uh, Joe had to retire with overheating issues, but um, Bottas qualified up in fifth, I think it was he qualified. Um, yeah, I think so. Ended up finishing sixth at a sixth, ran just really well, just really strong race pace from the Alpha. Um, yeah. It's it's yeah, almost it sort felt of like driving. Bottas was almost like in in a bit of a no man's land between like yeah, he was. the big three teams and everyone yeah. else, wasn't he? So bit of, bit, definitely a best of the rest kind of thing for, yeah. for Bottas. Yeah, he just sort of was waiting for the faster cars that got stuck behind him to catch up for most of the race, basically. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was the most excitement he got. Yeah, <laughs> um, good stuff though. Hmm. Shall we get right. into the interesting part of the podcast? Mercedes? <laughs> oh, here we here we go. Mercedes super fan. Stu's only here to talk about Mercedes. <laughs> you don't you help yourself, care about Stu. anything else. <laughs> I mean, I'm more mean about the big three rather than just Mercedes. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, yeah, so Mercedes, they bought a bunch of new stuff. Uh, new end plates on the front wing, um, new floor edges, um, some new deflectors, new veins on the floor. And they all seem to work very, very well. Like after after Miami, like no one seemed to want to get too excited after they look good on Friday, but they actually kept it going. Yeah. 
it seems to have helped them get on top of the poor poison, doesn't it? It didn't look anywhere near as bad as it has in previous iterations down that long straight. Certainly Dare I say it was good. almost non-existent. They still had it Getting in, close, in the corners. In the fast corners, they've still got it. But yeah, it's um, the bit, much bits better and more manageable. Yeah. That's it. Bits, bits of the lap, you can still see it or hear it as well significantly, but... Yeah, but I think they, all, they all the cars they've definitely got it. an understanding now, haven't they? That's it, yeah. And they're at a point. What seemed to me from practices, they they fully understand it now. Like I think they ran a couple of different setups with different upgrades on and off the car. And from what I noticed, there were like there were times when they were poor poisoning quite heavily still, and times when they weren't. And I think that to me is like they've now got their finger on. What the root causes were, yeah. what which of the updates have actually had significant impact on that to then kind of further what they're doing from there, and it, it's kind of brought them in contention properly with the the top two now, mm. like they they feel in in touching distance to the to the front two now, as is evident by kind of where they finished and and the performances that they both put in. I mean, they they're both still having to work really hard on that car in behind the wheel to get it into those positions, yeah. but they're a heck of a lot closer now than they were. That's the thing, isn't yeah. it? They're able to like be in touching <clears throat> distance, but if you watch the onboards, they are on the ragged edge to be yeah. able to stay in touching distance. Like They're, they're very yeah. much still third best, but a it solid third best now. One of those where if it weren't for the driver pairing that they have right now, it probably still would be looking a lot further off the front two than it currently does, mm. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so from what I gather from over the weekend, they're able to switch the pole points in on and off, like at at will kind of thing. That, yeah. That's mm. their level of understanding of it now. So the, yeah, you alluded yeah. to it just then when you were saying at times they were and at times they weren't. That's because they're able to, that they've figured out how what's causing it and how to alleviate it, which is a really, really important thing for them to do um at this stage in the season and they were going to be in big trouble if they hadn't got the finger on it this weekend um yeah but yeah like i say through the corners still and it's not just the mercedes all the cars so if you watch some of the onboards you can actually see like as they go through fast cut corners there's like um a sort of stepped turn almost to it like that their 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 hands are sort of in the same position got the same amount of angle of steering but you can see the car is turning a bit, then understeering, then turning again, oh, and that's so weird. It's such a strange thing to look at. It's, it, I picture it. Have you ever seen the onboards of Alonso, Alonso when he was in his championship year uh, in the Renault? Yeah, yeah. And he would like just stab loads of corner into the thing, understeer for a while, and then it would hook into the corner. It almost looks like mm. that for some of them, and it's the poor poising that's like lifting the car taking the grip away and then it goes back down and then it's got the grip to turn then it lifts again it's a, such a strange looking motion for some, some of the yeah, stuff so car was doing it well. quite a lot yeah it's really bizarre but i mean leclerc's making it work so there's no mm -hmm. reason why anyone else can't um but yeah so mercs were fourth and sixth um in qualifying uh russell ended up on the podium after some hefty dueling through the whole race mostly with rebels that was the, almost unbearable yeah. like <laughs> my heart was in my mouth i yeah. was waiting for him to crash because you could see verstappen how frustrated he was getting he was that man was absolutely seething in that car mm. behind him wasn't he 
the, the combination of Angry Verstappen and what I would describe as some very on-the-line defense from Russell seemed like a recipe for disaster. Like, yeah. some of Russell's defensive moves were probably about as late as you can get away with before questioning well, whether they're moving in the breaking zone. But, but then, yeah, that's, I, mean, I mean, he for, never actually moved in me, the breaking zone. He moved into exactly. the defensive position, then break oh, yeah. every single time. It I'm, was just I'm, super, super late was in his position. Yeah, 100% with you on that. Like, I think the whining and moaning from Red Bull engineers oh to Max, the whole like, oh, we're watching Russell. Oh, Russell's moving yeah. under braking on you, isn't he, mate? And all that. I was yeah. just like, Stinks, do one. It? And to be fair like, to Verstappen, he <laughs> didn't rise to any of it, did he? he just ex- got exactly. And that was the thing, that was the key defining factor in it for me. I was like, if it was such a problem, Max is one of the first people that would be on the radio to say, he's moving under braking on me. He's, he's doing this to me. And not what I mean. It, I'm not saying you didn't. It didn't happen, but you didn't hear it. So in, it's, it's I'd say on that benefit. account, it didn't. It didn't like. He didn't say it because it was, if he did, I'm pretty sure they'd have played it. It was purely for the benefit of the stewards. The only reason they're saying those things oh, yeah, is so 100%. the stewards hear it, and because they can't actually communicate with the stewards now. So that is their new conduit for communicating with the stewards. Is to yeah. speak to the drivers over the radio. Yeah. It gets broadcast on the feed the stewards hear it or the stewards yeah. hear it anyway because they get all the radio anyway. So, yeah, I think it stinks. I think there's, it's just such a blatant sort of attempt to, to just, work around and, and to influence the stewarding yeah. when they're clearly not supposed to be influencing the stewarding. And, I think, and as it, a, I think it's wrong. I think it's messed up. Yeah, and as a spectator, you don't want to be hearing that while you're watching yeah. this really yeah. exciting battle. Like, it just kind of puts a bit of a downer on it, doesn't it? Like, I just don't think there's exactly. any need to be broadcasting those messages or to be sending those messages in the yeah. first place but, but there we go um but yeah really good drive from russell um he remains the only driver to finish in the top five every race um he uh is now also the only driver that scored points in every single race after leclerc retired yeah. and mercedes are now the only team to have both cars finish every race this season so wow gonna win the title yeah, yeah. reliability wins titles yeah king. i mean w- there's one thing we haven't mentioned yet about about this and it's hamilton's drive from pretty much last to it's like half point, a lap behind yeah yeah half a, it was like 50 seconds off the leaders at, at the end of lap one <laughs> i mean to be fair it was my nomination for drive of the day so <laughs> we'd have got there eventually <laughs> there was that one and bit yeah. early on where they showed um the circuit map and it was literally like hamilton on one side of the track and everyone else on the other side <laughs> yeah yeah and that's you know what a drive from hamilton that just shows you how far that car's come because two races ago that would not have been possible yeah. he wouldn't have caught up the rest of the field oh, but, i mean yeah, he, might, sure. he wouldn't have got into the points for sure yeah. and now he's like It'd have been fine to get in the points, I think, wouldn't he? Yeah. It makes you wonder how well he would have done if the, if he would have been in the mix had he not been had he not sort of got the puncture on got the puncture on lap one and mm. then had to pit. Like it would have been a much more interesting race, I think. Well, I mean, it was a very interesting race anyway. It would have been even more interesting if he'd been part of the, the fight. At the front. It really would, especially with you know the way Verstappen ended up battling Russell. It could have been. Him battling Hamilton, then Russell, and yeah, then what totally. happens? You know, do they yeah, take each yeah. other out? Like, <laughs> or yeah, I mean, it would have been spicier for sure. It would have been so spicy, but 
it was still great, so can't complain. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, at times he was. It's it's a weird race because at times Hamilton. Well, for quite a chunk of the race, Hamilton was the fastest person on track, but like none of the top teams really finished the race with like two fully working cars. Like mm. Ferrari only had one car at the end, and that was a bit hobbled. Um, one of the Red Bulls didn't have DRS. Um, one of the Mercedes had a bit of floor damage as well. Like everyone was a bit hobbled. So it's kind of a tough race to read pace on, but like, like the Hamilton had incredible pace at times and like strategically mm-hmm. Mercedes use that. Like he basically like undercut like half the grid. Like that, like of course yeah. I was sort of semi keeping an eye on him. And then all of a sudden he just seemed to appear in like sixth place. Like how has that happened? But like, he just undercut everybody. Like, yeah, so impressive. I think, think the only like blotch on it for them as a team really is the the last few laps where they were struggling and having to like essentially forcibly slow the cars down and like yeah. Hamilton obviously lost um, that position to re, re, well, science regained the position, didn't it? Because of yeah. Lewis having to slow down mm-hmm. and and I mean it was never really going to catch Russell, but giving it two or three more laps it'd have probably got pretty close yeah but so, they were both having to do some pretty well they're both having to do massive cooling but hamilton had a water yeah. leak as well which like <laughs> added to I it i mean there was a point in the race where russell was on the radio saying um i'm getting cooling messages and i'm not even following anyone like hmm. surely there's a problem like what's going on Indeed. and they were like nope the the readout's correct do as it says like it was just so follow it it was just so damn hot there this weekend. Yeah. That's mm. the draw, yeah. that's drawback yeah. of with, the like, side pod design, isn't it? Yeah, to actually. a degree. But you know, it's, it was the same for all. There were team, everyone was struggling with the heat. Um, the tires obviously were really struggling with the heat. That's why we had so many pit stops. Tires were, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, they're just melting, melting away. Uh, in the closing laps, Mercedes were literally telling the drivers to not use more than fifty percent throttle, which I've never heard a team what? telling drivers that before. Yeah. That's that's yeah, why very, Hamilton very got slow. overtaken so quickly. He literally was only doing half throttle down the main straight. Like that's how bad it got for them. So Yeah. And yet they still made it to the end, which is yeah. impressive in itself. Uh right, Ferrari. <laughs> like obviously nah. obviously a hugely disappointing result for them. I guess the positive takeaway is that Leclerc was completely in control of that race like on pace Mm. they had red bull completely beaten which you know they will take that away as a positive and reliability aside at least at this track they definitely had the faster car yeah Mm. but i i think didn't make it it's it's a bit of touch and go on that for me. Like I think in Leclerc's hands they did, but in Science's hands, um, I think yeah. the Red Bulls had better race pace compared to Science. I mean, judging by his finishing position, that kind of, I, I know obviously had his incident, but you don't know if he's picked up damage. But I think overall, I think he did I, have I think Le- Leclerc was way like Leclerc is definitely at the top of his game at the minute. He just needs to rein in. Things like the mistake he made in Imola, because mm-hmm. it could come to a position where that's gonna decide his season. Things like that. That's that's 
Like, for example, we're going to Monaco, he's, where he's never finished, <laughs> like, like, ever. So... <laughs> Pressure's going to be on. He's think, yeah, big pressure. But, like, I think they're both going to have situations like this on and off through the season, him and Max, of, like, retirements through just the car. Um, and it was only a matter of time, I think, before it happened to Leclerc after the start of the season he's had. Mm. But what he's going to be doing is staying at that top point, which I think he's at at the moment. Um, not let something like this dishearten him and like go into Monaco home race positive. Not let like the whole DNF thing cloud him and, and uh, you know carry on what his form that he's been in. I don't think he will. It's not like he made a mistake. Like yeah, it's not like he crashed, is it? Like yeah. he, the car just died. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like. I think that's the helpful thing. And to see him come back as well as strong as he has in the recent race weekends after his mistake at Imola, is testament to like his mental resilience and not letting a mistake like that get ahead of him as well, where he he kind of spun it round on the chicane. Because mm-hmm. that, that could have been a turning point, I think, if he wasn't strong enough mentally, like thinking about the fact that he's throwing that away. I think being in the lead of the titles probably helped him. So well, it won't that's now, a new hurdle anymore. for exactly yeah that's a new hurdle for him to overcome after this weekend. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see where we end up in Monaco with him. Slightly yeah. weird um, comments from Ferrari today. So they've got the engine back to Marinello and taken it apart and had a look at it. They say the turbo <laughs> and the MGUH are both damaged and can't be repaired. So they'll be new parts that the club oh, will need. No. But then they also added that they are satisfied it did not occur through a design fault or reliability issue with those two components or any other elements of the power unit. Um, what, so it was designed <laughs> to fail then, was it? <laughs> right. So Allegedly. I think it sounds like a number of journalists have like gone back to that and gone, is that not an oxymoron? And Ferrari have just said, mm, we don't want to say anything else right now. So... No reliability problem, no design fault, two parts are broken. Read into that while you will. Yeah. <laughs> what? That is wow. What like what? that's so strange. Is that is that like a roundabout way of them saying they weren't attached to the, each other properly or something like I mean, it sounds be. like they're almost finger trying trouble. to point the finger at somebody without pointing the finger at somebody. Weird, like, we know, really weird statement. Yeah. Very Ferrari it statement. Screwed on properly. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just classic Ferrari, isn't it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Mm, yeah. Anything else on Ferrari before we move along? No, like I say, I'm a bit disappointed with science again. Sadly, yeah. like well, it was, the thing it, with science was like that it was a gust of wind, wasn't it? They reckon a gust of wind got him, and it, the same thing happened to Verstappen as well. Yeah, Verstappen made corner. a similar mistake. So, he managed to hold on to it a little bit better. I mean, but they both did well to keep mistake. those cars out of the gravel. To be honest, like, well, they were in the gravel. To get them out, get them out of the gravel, yeah. get them back out yeah. of the gravel. Um, yes, with science, like I do, you, you do feel for him because he. He looked, he, he looked decent until that happened. Um, mm. Yeah, these things just keep happening to that team. Um, not much. I mean, if it's happen- if that's happened to Verstappen, Verstappen's like the class of the field. 
exactly the same corner, similar circumstances. Like I don't think Sainz was necessarily at fault. I don't think that Sainz has, has sort of necessarily made a mistake there. I think he's just been caught out by the weather. Um, mm. Extremely unlucky. Sainz just desperately needs some some good luck. Hopefully, he maybe really at Monaco does. he'll be able to turn it on because I seem to remember him performing well at Monaco in the past. So, um, yeah, let's hope they can uh, get it together for that. Yeah, hopefully. Um, which brings us on to Red Bull, who, against all odds, came away with a 1-2. Um, again, they were hmm. ve- very much looked second best to Leclerc, but you've got to finish the race. It's, it's ironic after us talking last week about concerns about Red Bull reliability, and yeah, they end up being the ones to benefit from it. Um, we sort of mentioned the DRS issues that Verstappen had um, and the mistake he made with the gust of wind. Um, what do we think to the sort of team order stuff at Red Bull? Um, so they they asked uh, when when Perez was behind Russell, right? They they let him through to have a go. Yeah, and the fir- the first time Perez let him through, they basically said to Perez like, "We'll repay it later on." Um, it's. In my eyes, the opportunity was there later in the race for them to pay it back, and they chose not to. Now, whether that would have affected the actual final running order, probably not. Like in that last stint, Verstappen was so much faster on the fresher tyres, he was probably always going to get by. But I don't know. It left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth the way they handled it. Hmm. Yeah, but, um, I, but what's the point in making them race if they know what the running order is going to finish up as anyway? If the if the strategists have already figured it out, like you don't want to risk them crashing. And you know, Red Bull of all teams are like so averse to their teammates yeah. racing each other because of um, you know things I, I that think, in the past. So I think given the laps that were left, it, it it would have happened eventually anyway. And like you say, it's more about Red Bull just preserving that. I, I mean, look how far away Max got in the end as well. Like he just sort of disappeared once he was given that free air. So he was always faster. He was always going to eventually get past him. I think and it's like risk aversion. I but... guess like the, the the problem is like Perez didn't get an opportunity to defend, did he, or did, to fight for the win? Not really. That's no, what, that's true. That's the real issue here, isn't it? Like they're very, very clearly put. Perez in a position where he's the number two driver and Verstappen's number one, and there's nothing he can do about it. So, and that's like mm-hmm. as as a fan watching car, as a fan wanting to watch cars race each other, the last thing you want to see is a team sort of taking that taking that away from the audience, really. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things, isn't it? You, you'll see it no matter who it is like we've seen it with mercedes when bottas was there you've seen it at ferrari in the past like massa's been victim to that a number of times barrichello was like the prime candidate for moving out of the way all the time like it it will always happen with a front-running team and i think red bull were far more likely to do it in this scenario because of how much of a threat ferrari are to them this year if they were like running away with it like in previous iterations or like what Mercedes have in the past. I don't think they'd have been so quick to do it, but with it being like a case of, look, it's a one-two finish either way and we want to be getting the points 
maximized with the you know the person we see leading the championship for for the long term it switched the cars and um, you know we've said it before yeah. like it's all right to say this now but if come the end of the year if they hadn't swapped them around and come the end of the year Verstappen losing the title by a couple of points they'll look a bit silly to have had an opportunity to give what is to all intents purposes their number one driver a few more points like you can understand mm. the reasoning for it but I mean, Perez yeah. Perez has said that he, I mean, every F1 driver will say this, but Perez said he thought he could have won the race and that he didn't fully understand those decisions and he wants to have talks with the team. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm sure we'll never hear anything that comes of said talks, <laughs> but mm. yeah, it, it's understandable, <laughs> but it's just, it's it can be hard to sw- swallow as a viewer, I suppose. Yeah, I think signing for the team that he did in yeah, the way that he known. has... He's he's not gonna get given the priority unless he's like multiple positions ahead, basically, or max yeah. in the race or whatever. Like it's just the way that, that a team like that operates. It always has been and it always will be. And yeah, fair enough, he's getting more opportunities to finish like podiums and so on than he ever has in his career. But he's gotta be obviously taking the max out of every opportunity he's got. And I do agree a little bit the fact that it's disappointing he wasn't given a chance to like try and stay ahead. That that bit is a little bit disappointing. Mm. But on the flip side, with the pace Max had even with his DRS problem, I, I think it was inevitable that he was going to get past anyway. It's, and that's it's... how the team are always going to look at it. I wouldn't say it was inevitable. I'd say it was po- very, it's highly probable that he would get yeah. by, but inevitable, nothing is inevitable. Um, I think if Perez had been allowed to, you know, to, to w- w- at that point when he caught up Russell and, and Verstappen, if he'd been allowed to have a go at Russell and go past him, which he, he did not long after anyway, I think, I think Russell pitted, did he? Eventually, yeah, or whatever. Russell pitted and got out of the way. Yeah, Verstappen went. Verstappen was on those softs. Verstappen went to the softs for his third set, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he went back to the softs, and Russell just pitted out of the way. If they'd let Perez go and let him use his pace, then that gap wouldn't have been as big at the end. It probably would have been much, mm. much closer between the two of them. I think that's why Perez thinks he could have won it because he could have got away and built, started mm. building himself a gap. And that's the thing, like, don't don't say to him, let Max through and we'll pay you back later if you've got no intention of actually paying him back. I think that's the bit that bothers me the most. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't yeah. tell him, it, oh, we're all equal here, we're just helping each other out. And then when the opportunity is there for him to be helped out, it's like, oh, actually, no. Yeah, but, that stinks. Yeah. But there we go. There we go. Another Red Bull one too. Yeah, which leaves us. With Max leading the drivers' championship by six points, and Red Bull leading the constructors by twenty-six, which a few races ago, like it was so far back in the other direction, it just shows how. I mean, it's, it's the same last year, wasn't it? Like this is going to swing backwards and forwards all year, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's which hectic. I'm, I love it. I'm all for. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And now Mercedes are going to be in the mix, I think, as well. These next these these races coming up, especially Monaco, that car will be decent around Monaco. So, um, yeah, like everything has sort of formed up to Formula One 2022 version two, hasn't it? 
really from mm, from this point yeah. now now everyone's yeah. sort of brought their big raft of upgrades or, or most most of the big teams have, have all got like their cars in order mercedes are probably going to get quicker and quicker as they understand their car properly now um, and they can start setting it up how they want it um and they can start optimizing you know that that car if when you look at sort of how a race weekend normally goes for a formula one team you get there with your package you, you usually you, you should know your package and you you're working on setup from the moment you hit the track and mercedes weren't yeah. really able to do that this weekend because they were still busy understanding their new package or their upgrades all that and they still got that car into a position where it was competitive and yeah i think next race when they do arrive and they are just working on setup and maybe one or two upgrades and and sort of getting getting their act together from the first practice session i think by the time you get to qualifying you're going to be looking at a very competitive package from from mercedes as well as the other two absolutely um and yeah quality don't miss qualifying at monaco because that that is going to be a hell of a session can't wait cannot wait yeah um right drive of the day a few to choose from i think yeah it's like i said earlier i think my nomination for it would be hamilton's recovery drive i can, think can just I tell the, you... the amount of people he overtook to to achieve that is ridiculous I know this is like drive of the day, but can I tell you what puts me off giving it to Hamilton? Go yeah, on. The, the wind gin. Lap, the wind lap gin. one, he's run through the gravity's half yeah. flat back. It's like, oh, we should save the engine. Let's retire the car. It's like, that yeah. just... That did annoy me, that. Really? I must admit. It, it, it's, that, I know it's that was like, almost as bad as the Red Bull whinging about Russell It for me. was, yeah. And I know it's heated moment stuff, but... yeah. I mean, come on, he's a professional racing driver, Stu, that should be fighting for every single point that car's capable of, and he gets bumped into in turn one and wants to give up. Well, he's got a puncture. Well, no, sorry, turn one, lap one. Yeah, he's got his puncture repaired and then continued on. He should not the be sat there going... Of, he's in the mindset of someone who's been in a car all season that's not able to catch up still. And he needed this race to, to show him that he has got a mm. capable car again. I think that's where his head was at when he made that comment. And obviously, like... But does that not show know, a lack he's, of he's, faith in his team? Yeah, I think it does at the moment. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Of course it does. And he, he's in a... The guy's clearly in a dark place. Um, but I don't yeah. think you can compare that to Red Bull sending not-so-coded messages to the stewards. It, it, it's just not on, though, full stop, in my opinion. Like, I think the Red Bull thing is unsporting. What Hamilton's doing is yeah, I didn't just say, the commentary. I didn't say it was his, exactly the same. the way he feels. But what I'm saying is I don't want to be hearing it, and I don't think he should be doing it. Like, it's not, like ultimately, it's not his decision to go, yeah, let's just retire this car and <laughs> well, save no. the engine. It's just not, it's just not his place to be trying to make a call like that at it, all. It definitely stuck in my craw as much. But for very different reasons, I guess. Yeah, I, f yeah. I felt it made me sad. It didn't annoy me, whereas the Red Bull thing annoyed me. Yeah, that um, both annoyed me. <laughs> I think there's an argument for Alonso. Last place to ninth was a very, very good drive. Yeah, hundred percent. That was one me, of my others. To be fair, though, I think it's Russell. Not just for like the pace and getting it on the podium, but like the the. The, the amount he fought for those positions was like just some of the best racing I've seen in a long time. That duel with Verstappen yeah. was so good. Like, oh my god, it was hectic. Yeah, um, it was good. And you know, Russell continues to 
outperform his seven-time world champion teammate, which is no mean feat. Um, yeah. yeah, he's getting my vote. Yeah, I think I think Russell as well. I think I can't really... I'm happy for that going that way. Yeah, I can't really go anywhere else. Hamilton definitely was a strong drive for him to get from where he ended up oh, to yeah. where he ended up. I don't want to take up. anything away from that. Yeah, but um, and, you know, Alonso, again, another really good drive. But yeah, the Russell to, to soak up that pressure. It's one of those, I always say this, like soaking up that pressure from a driver of that caliber as well, Max Verstappen, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How has he managed to soak up all that pressure for that many laps? It was just lap after lap after lap. Yeah. Just wasn't getting the, and um... you could see Verstappen just getting Verstappen just getting frustrated behind him as well. And yeah, it takes a takes a bit of talent to do that and to do it within the bounds of the rules as well you know he didn't mm. break any rules by yeah. doing it it was all right on the limit but he, it was fair and fair and square yeah like the the one where he sort of defended the inside and uh Verstappen threw it right down the inside Verstappen actually got ahead on the inside into turn one I've rewatched yeah. that multiple times I still don't know how Russell fought back from that it was the, like the, the track she managed to get accelerating out of turn one to stay alongside was yeah. something else. That and could then just be kind my of, move of the day. Yeah. Like, and then just like gets the inside for turn three and just, just pushes him just wide enough to stay within the bounds of what's fair. But yeah. he was very yeah. much a like, no, 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 no. You, you go. Over oh, there. I don't think he gave you a car's width there. Yeah. Again, again team yes, whinging. Lame. Verstappen yeah. with nothing to say about it. The, so uh, White lines. We just run to the white lines these days and he was still within the white lines where everything was yeah. fine. Yeah, um, and that move, yeah. like leading into that, that was in... Verstappen did have his DRS that lap. So he, that was a yes. fully, you know, he was defending against a perfectly functioning car at that point. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the thing is, Max with his DRS, some laps he, it was working for him, other laps it wasn't. And the laps where... He didn't have it. George wasn't having to defend anyway because Max wasn't getting close enough to him. The every every single lap where George Russell had to do some form of defending, Max had had DRS. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in the position he was because the the Berg was just better in a straight line than the than the Red Bull. Mm. It's same as the the back straight down into what is it turn ten. Um, the only time he was getting close there to like set up a move in the. Once they came out of sector three, it was whenever he had DRS. Yeah, when it George was having to defend yeah. from yeah. that, yeah. So, which I think makes yeah, the defense I'd... all the more <clears throat> credible as well because he's in a yeah. Russell is in a position Agreed. there where he doesn't necessarily know every time if he's going to have the DRS, he's going to be able to have a go. So you need to be so switched on to know that you know you need to be aware that where that car is at all times and and what's going to happen and to have that awareness and to be able to defend in the way he did and to have the skill to execute the maneuvers in the ways that he has done as just what a drive what what a bit of driving yeah. that, that whole thing yeah. was and it, again it was just so exciting to see heart in your mouth the entire time i i almost couldn't bear it i almost couldn't bear <laughs> watching like it was just too much for me <laughs> <laughs> uh so what about move of the day i mean russell's defense is a big candidate i think if Verstappen had pulled off that move I was describing where he threw it down the tiniest gap of the inside. That probably would have been a candidate, but as it was, it didn't happen. Mm. Um, anything else? I mean, there's Verstappen's around Bottas at turn 12, just because it's an unusual place yes. to see it. And yeah, that was a great move. There's also, 
There's also got to be a shout out to Charlie in Discord who originally suggested it and suggested it as being Verstappen overtaking Kimmy around actually ten twelve. I think I think when <laughs> me and Stu were watching the race together, when we saw that, we turned to each other and went, "That's move of the day." <laughs> like stop yeah, the vote. There it is. It was. It was yeah, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anyone overtake there in all yeah. the years I've been at that circuit. He did have a I mean, huge one that... tire advantage at that point, though. He did have a massive, yeah. massive tire. Yeah, there was but that. Still, like it's a crazy place to do an overtake. Yeah. The other one that's just getting brought up in the Discord chat that I put in my list was Alonso on Vettel, where mm-hmm. Alonso like was dipping toes on the grass to get round Vettel. Yeah, that was turn fun. one. I mean, yes, it was DRS enabled, but it was ballsy. Like Vettel was being quite aggressive on shutting that side of the track off, shutting off the inside line, and Alonso was very much saying, and, um, "No, mate, I'm coming round." And Martin Rundle was like. Six world championships between those two, fighting currently over fourteenth place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so cold, Martin. Yeah, brilliant. Ice cold. Um, Commentary of the day, right there. <laughs> I think I'm voting. I think I'm still voting Max on uh, Bottas, not Kimmy. Verstappen on Bottas around. It um... was it was a Finn and an Alpha, but it wasn't Kimmy. <laughs> I Easy think, mistake to make. I think I'm also Verstappen on, but I followed very closely by Russell's defence against Verstappen yeah. into turn. I can two. go with that. I'm I'm more than happy with that. Cool. All right. And finally, last bit of awards. Yeah. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Um. So definitely we'll, we'll drone cam. The... I mean, it's drone cam, isn't it? Like drone cam. Yeah, was dr- crap. <laughs> it was so bad. Is, right, here's why. I'm not just going to say that drone cam was crap. As someone who like works in film and understands how all this stuff works, I'm going to tell you exactly why. Let's criticize it objectively. Free, yeah, I'm going to give you objective reasons why this didn't work. That camera, only that, that, that particular kind of drone camera with the really, really wide fisheye lens on it, only really works when you're able to get very close to your subject. So it works really, really well in um, drift racing. They use it, that camera a lot in drift racing yeah. and, the ca- and the drone is able to hover right, like literally a couple of meters above the car that it's tracking and you get all these crazy swinging angles over the top of it and it looks, it's really effective, looks really, really cool and you get like an angle that you just wouldn't normally get of any moving car that's going at, going at speed. Um, the way Formula One were using it, if you didn't see it, <laughs> were they were kind of like they were a long long way away from from the the subjects which were the cars and they were kind of like flying it around it looked like they weren't allowed to fly it over the circuit or actually over the cars or get it anywhere get it too close to them and for that reason you just ended up with this sort of vomit inducing kind of weird (laughs) sort of high up roller coaster ride that wasn't necessarily looking at anything interesting other than a big patch of grass yeah that was showing yeah, more you ended, up, you ended up with a circuit. you ended up with a dirt road instead of what you were supposed to be looking at yeah essentially 90 percent of the time and it's because the way those drone cameras work that the camera's fixed and everything every all the movement comes from the propeller and if you move the angle, that's going to change the direction of travel of the of the drone, and therefore it means that you just you simply cannot get close enough to your subject without flying over it. So mm. yeah, um, you can't you can't get the angle on the subject without being very close to it and about being in literally that position next to it, rather than like sort of turning the lens or anything like that. So it's a good idea. Like it, it was just really really badly executed. I think I've got time for drone camera if they can do it mm. right, but. 
that was well, not done right for me. The thing, the thing for me is it was it's trying to replicate the um, I don't even know what you'd call it. Like it's like the zip line cameras or yeah. what you want to call them. So we started getting them down the pit straight quite a long time ago. We've had them for a long time there at a lot of circuits, but then like places like um, Silverstone instigated the one that comes down hangar straight mm-hmm. into um oh, i'm blanking on my corner names now but there's, there's that one that comes down the straight and kind of follows them into the corner yeah on the zip line and i feel like they were trying to emulate that with a drone which for multiple reasons like some of the ones Stu's pointed out is just never going to work it just like it, the whole reason the zip line cam works is because it can keep up with the speed of the vehicles for a start to keep the focus different camera type like Stu's already mentioned like there's just a multitude of things that mean that works better and i think if you're going to do something like that that's what you need to set up in that sector well there that's is, what you need there is footage out there like if you look on youtube i can't remember what teams it was that have done it but teams that have had their filming days and they've used a drone cam and actually had it yeah. close to the car. It looks yeah. amazing. Alpha Tower have done it and Red Bull have yeah. done it. There's yeah, yeah. a bunch of teams done it. And, it, and when but it's it just done seems, right, it looks great. It just seems to me like F1 have come up with the idea of using it, which you can actually say on paper, great idea, and they've done all the planning for it. And then the FIA have just gone, not over the top of the circuit, you're not. And it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll just fly it up there nice and safely and like yeah, like it <laughs> feels like they they've been given a restriction, but then they've sort of just stuck to their guns Plowed and done it ahead anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Plowed for which is they do it a lot that and I think sometimes there just needs to be an awareness and a, and a realization that this idea doesn't work and it's mm-hmm. not going to make the sport look any better. If anything it might even make it look a bit crap. So I wouldn't have minded so much if they tried it on try it on Friday, realize it looked crap and then given up on it, but they Well, they did persisted. try it on Friday. They did try it on Friday, didn't they? They tried it multiple mm. times, a lot on Friday, and they still weren't driving anywhere near close enough to the to the circuit or to the cars. And it, it clearly didn't work then. And they, it didn't seem to change. Like, they just used the same angle every single time. It was a bad idea. It didn't work. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of other things knocking around, but ultimately, that's what we're picking. So, well, yeah, it, I it's think- drone cam. I think I think the saddest one for the lot of this though is the absolute. I, I can't even say the word I was about to say <laughs> because I'd have to bleep it, but the absolute state of the facilities there for the fans, or more importantly, the Sounds lack thereof. That's terrible, the yeah. that's like it's to not even be able to provide people there with like drinking water. Yeah, is quite. Yeah, well, yeah, Ridiculous. I mean, they're just not set up for this kind of level of heat, are they? I don't think they were even expecting it to be this hot and logistically. Nah, like, but, they, but still, obviously, there needs to be better provision for fans to be able to get a yeah. I've been there in similar conditions, and generally speaking, you can go to a concession stand and get water, even if there's not, like, a drinking fountain near to where you are. But this was, like, just a whole-on mess, like... Just ridiculous queues to get in, ridiculous transport connections that they'd messed up, like pretty much no facilities inside compared to usual. It just sounded a mess from what everybody said. And I do believe that FOM are like properly investigating it because of how Good. bad it actually was. Oh, wow. It's not so like they've had a race be better next year, but... 25 years or whatever it is. Well, yeah, I mean, fair enough, they've not had fans in attendance in, in full for a while, yeah, but, but it's not like... 
it's a, it's a, it's an established circuit that's got established facilities, so I don't understand how they've been so poorly prepared. Probably staffing, but yeah, it's quite likely. Quite likely. Um, yeah. One more thing I meant to mention earlier, and you reminded me by saying that you um you couldn't think of a word that you're allowed to say. I'm, I'm just gonna have mm. to, I'm gonna have to use mm. this word, and you have to we'll have to wheel out the bleep machine because there's no other Wait, word for it. it. Are you going to try oh, and no, lie? I can't really turn. Well, no, you need I can't to, I need to actually bleep, yeah. hear the word for, to understand what he's saying. So don't <laughs> yeah. bleep. Um, but <laughs> I meant to mention it earlier, but like we give Red Bull a hard time here from time to time. But you can't help but applaud the just top tier. I was reading from Red Bull of turning up on the pit wall with green cans <laughs> of Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> it was it's true. So good. Just whoever came up with the idea, just like yes, this is. This is all the response we need. Just put down some green Red Bulls on the pit wall. So that's funny. Applause to Red Bull for that. And double whammy, it worked because Alexia in the Discord went and bought one to try it. Yeah, and the drink inside isn't green. <laughs> that broke my brain. It's like a reddish purple. Sarah said it's move of the day because of the marketing <laughs> that is generated. Yeah, that's it. Like that's good marketing. But, Very good marketing. Yeah, the the drink is a weird colour compared to the outside of the can. It's not what you'd expect. Right. We're not an energy drinks podcast. Although we haven't in the past when we got hold of some rich energy, but that's a whole <laughs> We've reviewed plenty in the past. <laughs> <laughs> let's um let's talk predictions. Um Yeah, let's let's cover some predictions and fantasy and all that jazz. That's my corner, so how um not too bad a weekend chris you and i both scored two points um because we copied each other with 18 <laughs> finishes can't remember which way around that was um i got the verstappen win you got the clear fastest qualifier stew you also got the clear fastest qualifier. i'm on the board, so you there. On the board. <laughs> you're on the board that is literally your first point of the season, by yeah. the way. And yeah. I didn't put my uh, predictions into the site, so... You didn't, <laughs> but luckily I noticed that <laughs> and did it oh, for you. Oh, thank you. So thank you're welcome. Um, so many people got three points, and pretty much every single one of them was for Charles Paul, Max Win, 18 finishes. So we definitely inspired a few people there, but nearly everybody that got three points did that pretty did, much. Did anyone get K-Mag's finishing position? No, that was one of the things I was going to raise. Yeah. So interesting couple of points. Not many people went with Charles' first DNF, but four people did. So there were some points mm. there. In terms of K-Mag's finishing position, there wasn't even anyone like next to it. Everyone was two places out. So there's a, there's a couple of people um, who went 15th and one person who went 19th. So those three people all scored half a point. So that's the closest anyone got there. Um in terms of the overall standings, we now have a tie at the top. So Tom Thorne and Vinny Blanco are both on 12 points. Exactly. Cl very closely followed by Will Thacker, who's on 11 and a half in third. Um, Chris, you and I are on eight, eight points each. And we've already covered Stu's situation. <laughs> but he's on the board, so that's what's important. He's on the board. Stu's, um, Stu's the Mercedes of the podcast. He's starting slow, but he's, he's catching up. He's, <laughs> he's, gonna, upgrades, yeah. he's yeah. upgrades have come in upgrades. Barcelona <laughs> and he's now going to start yeah. eating into us. Um, how many points have you guys got again? How many? How, we've how got eight each. We're, you've got we're eight tied each. on eight. Oh, my God. Oh, you can, yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks, you'll be right back on us. No, yeah, I don't exactly. know. I need, I need some really good weeks to, uh, yeah, to, to reel you guys in. Yeah. Um, in terms of the official F1 fantasy... Um, Champagne Debt Wagon was our winner this week with 244 points. 
Um, and but overall, as it has been all season, Team Odors is still way out in front with one thousand three hundred thirty-seven points. The nearest person to them is thirty-three points behind. So, yeah, a big lead there for Team Odors. Uh, and then in Grid Rival Fantasy, Darth Tate is still number one. Effortless Lee, Lee, I can't even say that. Effortless Lee is second. It's not an effortless process to say it. And Green Lantern Corps drops down to third for that. Um, interestingly, though, Low Percent Lunge from the Discord scored well over a thousand points and topped Spain Damn. this weekend. Um, so, yeah, that was the biggest scorer. Um, oh, Kyle yeah. Robinson was our biggest improver, scoring 624 points more than the previous week, which is a pretty impressive jump. And yeah, the, the biggest jump in positions went to Rob Kinston, who moved 48 places positively. I will be having a look at all of their teams before I pick mine for the next race. Yeah. I, I haven't gone to the trouble of finding where we are. I just know that I'm 55th because it tells me really when I'm signed low. in. <laughs> so. It's re- really bad. I found it quite stressful last season. It, I was always having to, I was always at work and I was always like trying to sort of fit that in, like update my team and get my predictions submitted before the sort of in between the sessions after practice and just before quali. It is tricky when the optimum time to update your team is the time when you are at work. Literally like the most, <laughs> yeah. like the, the busiest yeah, point busiest, of, yeah. of a race weekend. Yeah. Right. Speaking yeah. of being busy, got another race coming up. It's Monaco time. Double header. Oh my god, is that this weekend? It's happening. <laughs> um, this is like the busiest But we haven't period. had two weeks of build-up to this. What, <laughs> how am I supposed to know that there's a Formula 1 race if we don't over-hype it and build it up for an uh, time? You don't need two weeks of build-up when you've got a real marina. <laughs> True say. Uh, right, a couple of storylines <laughs> to tee us in. Um, the, the obvious one, can Leclerc actually finally finish his home race? after losing the lead of the championship. Uh, for context, he obviously didn't start last year. He DNF'd 2018 and 2019, retired from both races in his F2 season in 2017, crashed a historic Monaco a couple of weeks ago. He's already had his Monaco crash. So yeah, hopefully. Fine. He just went there and you did know it what? early. What I find interesting, though, is Max has a bit of a habit of crashing it yeah. around the swimming pool and stuff, same as Charles does. So mm-hmm. this could be this could be like the first race this season that one of those two doesn't win. And this these cars yeah. are big as well. Mm. These cars are really, they are big, really and big. heavy. Yeah, there is there is something very funny about Leclerc never finishing a race on the streets he literally grew up on, the, the streets <laughs> he spent his entire life living on. But he can't drive yeah. around them quickly, apparently. Um, it's because the barriers aren't there when he's normal driving yeah, around them quickly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just running onto the pavement everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Just mowing down pedestrians oh by mistake. Um, moving swiftly on. Um, will Mercedes <laughs> be in the mix, considering lower speeds suit them this season? Um, and they also yeah. have said more upgrades are due this weekend. I think they will be right in the mix. I think mm, I think got, they will as well. Going to be getting that car set up, hitting the ground running. They've they're, they're sort of buoyed by a good performance in Spain. I think yeah, definitely we could be looking at a f- yeah. free team fight for pole position. I mean, even if the upgrades hadn't had as good of an impact as they did this weekend, gone, I think they'd have still been in with a shout at Monaco anyway because yeah. that weird little 
window that they were okay at in Miami is probably akin to what they'd have been because of the low speeds that Monaco has and the difference in circuit. I think it would have probably been a place where they'd have been able to actually perform a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think Maybe. they're going to be I think right tun- in the mix. The tunnel corner probably would you probably would have seen them porpoising down the hill, possibly the the yeah, tunnel, down it, down into the mm. chicane yeah. yeah, and probably into turn one. It probably would have been a tricky, much trickier braking zone for them um, than it is going mm. to be since the upgrade. So I think you're mostly right, but I don't think it would have been. I think they still would would have had porpoising had they not had these updates too. Yeah, they, they're going to get. Well, in theory, they're going to get a much better weekend out of it overall. Yeah, they're more compliant like, now. So. Yeah. yeah. Plus, 100%. like, generally slower speeds, higher ride heights at Monaco. It just shouldn't be an issue, mm-hmm. should it? Exactly. Hopefully not. Right. Should we make some predictions? Yes. Let's. Um, Stu, I'm not going to make you go first all the way through this week. So you'll be pleased to know. I don't, but I well, am going to make you go first on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so fastest in Q3. Who do you think is picking that up this weekend in Monaco? I'm going to say Russell. Oh, interesting. Interesting shout. Chris. I'm really upset you made Stu go first because he's kind of stolen my thunder now. But I also oh. think George Russell. Okay. I'm going to go very different to both of you. Kevin Magnus. And <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I'm going. Uh no, I'm going to go with Charles. I think that it's his race that's the problem, not his qualifying. He always gets a lap in <laughs> in qualifying. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, I'm going Charles. Um for the win, Chris, can Russell hold out? Can he use the wide car to block everyone? I th- I think you would be mad. Well, I would say you'd be mad to go for not pole position for the win at Monaco, but then you've picked Charles Leclerc, so actually you probably will say someone different, but I'm not. I'm saying George Russell. Maiden win. Streets of Monaco. Russell double. Bring it on. Russell double. I mean, that would be a highlight for anyone's career. Please. Please let it happen. Stu, how are you going with this one? Um, This is... The question here is... Does Russell have the the sort of the capacity to to win at Monaco, given that he's never won the Formula One race before? <laughs> um, and can he soak up that sort of the pressure of just running that race? Never mind of, le- of even leading that race. I think he can, but I don't really want to make the same prediction as Chris because I want to make up points <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> on the same merit, I don't want to lose out on points either. And I, I'm going to hedge my bets. I'm going to say Leclerc for the win. Interesting. So the one time he finishes, he wins. Actually, no, I'm not. Because, how you see oh, it. This is really <laughs> difficult. I've said it. I've said I, it. I, I just, commit to it. I've sowed that tiny bit of doubt. <laughs> it's okay. It well, I'm, again, I'm going different to you both. I'm saying Perez. Perez, well. I, I, I don't know. Leclerc. I'm not sure what his record is like around there. Perez. I at this point, I don't care. <laughs> I just think that Leclerc and Verstappen are going to be true to form. <laughs> Find a wall at some point <laughs> or each other. Um. So, yeah. And on that note, first DNF. It's tough for me because it's going to be one of them. 
So just to split across the board, so I've mentioned them all at some point in my predictions, I'm going for Stappen. First DNF. It's him or Leclerc, and if they crash into each other and it goes against my favour, I'm going to be so sad. But yeah, I'm going for Stappen. Uh, Stu, how about you? I'm going to say Guan Yu Zhou. Interesting. Can understand why, but yeah. And Chris? I think I have to go Latifi, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Uh, number of finishers. Chris, you can go first in this one. I don't think I made you go first yet. Maybe I did. Number of finishers. There's actually been some surprisingly high numbers at Monaco in recent years, hasn't there? Yeah, it's exceeded expectations, yeah. or at least our expectations. That's a good question. Actually. I mean, it's, there's very, it's very hot, but with the potential of rain, at least on the Saturday. Because I'm potential going of rain first, on the Sunday, but a lot cooler. I'm going to go for good old reliable 17. Okay. Stu, how about you? Um, I'm going to go... 18, 16, 16. <laughs> I mean, I've got to go at least 18 with my philosophy of Verstappen you and really Leclerc do. taking themselves or each other out. So I'm going to go... I'm going to go with Chris. I, I want it to be different, but I'm going to go with Chris and say 17. Somebody else out there is going to hit a wall or something or retire in general. Um, okay, Chris, can we have a random driver for this week, please? You most certainly can. And it is... Oh, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, oh, that is difficult. That is brutal. Um, judging by where I've put everybody else in this equation, I am going to put him third. I'm giving him a podium. Just because of where I've put everybody else in the equation. Ooh. I'm, I'm going Perez, Russell... Hamilton podium there for anyone that cares. That would be a good podium. Um, I, I, mean, I think it'll I'll win. let you two decide who wants say, to go first. I'm going to say first. Oh, so you, Ooh, I love so it. So you really, you're really splitting your bets here because yeah. you've got Leclerc winning the race. I need those you're points. just desperate for points at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a strong time. I mean, it's not a bad shout. Yeah. To, be, to be fair, when, when you two were saying Russell for podium, uh, for position fastest Q3 I was sort of toying with the idea of Lewis but I thought it's maybe not going to quite happen that quickly for them so I mean it's obvious it's impossible for me to get a clean sweep here because I've got Leclerc for the win but you've given yourself yeah, a pretty you've... solid chance of a point or two I've got a f yeah th there's yeah. there's points there I think there's definitely one of those is going to come true for sure points so, to be yeah. had what about you then, Chris? Where are you going? I'm going to go... Are you going to sandwich yourself in the middle of us? No, I'm going to say gonna fifth. Fifth. Less of a believer. Do I give myself the chance to have a clean sweep and change Hamilton to second? <laughs> Is the Hamilton faith I mean, wavering? It's not wavering, you... but I just... I, I, I have every faith that he'll do it, but I don't want to cost myself a clean sweep if it's a possibility. As the only person on this podcast who have ever achieved a clean sweep twice, <laughs> then... Yeah, I'm going to change I it. Need... To second. Can I change Hamilton to second, please? It's, 
It's, it's feast or famine with you, isn't it? Two clean <laughs> sweeps, but then not scored until now. <laughs> that's how he rolls. I mean, to be fair, one week you didn't enter, so that's fair enough. Uh, okay, second. I've changed it. Thank you. Lock, I've lock changed it. it. And conveniently, since a recent update to the website, you too can change your mind and pick and choose <laughs> right up oh, until It's Q1. almost like we planned that. I mean, I'm just good at segways. What can I say? <laughs> but yeah, head to backofthegrid.com. <laughs> Register if you haven't already. There is now a reset oh button. God. So if you change your mind, you can change your predictions. It works. It's cool. Right. Um, Take us to the join inbox. Join in. Always worth doing it. Yeah, prize five out of five. Links to Grid Rival. F1 Fantasy. It's all there. Just go backofthegrid.com. Everything's there. All the things. Everything is there. Is. Uh, keep me saying now. Who's up first? Um, I'll go first if if you like. Go for it. Um, go. Wes says, "I heard that coming into Spain, Red Bull had already brought on most of their updates for the updates for the season. Um, do they risk getting caught or overtaken by Ferrari or Mercedes if they still have upgrades waiting? Assuming any new upgrades actually work and reliability aside." If that's true, then yes. But I'm not sure how true that is. I remember reading two different stories. We might have said this last week, two different stories on the same day. One claiming Red Bull had already spent like 75% of their budget. The other saying it was more mm-hmm. like 15%. So, um, It's very much a smoke and mirrors thing from inside the team, I reckon. Yeah, that it absolutely is. As well. that's in. Like, I think there's some intention to the the whole wavering truth of is it really low what they've spent is it really high it's intentional to just throw anyone that's interested off the scent even with this new like show and tell thing they have to do it still doesn't get you that much closer to really knowing what they're up to and what they're spending yeah yeah i'd love to know more details on how the fia police the budget cap like how they actually mm. check in on things, but it's probably something they'll never share. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. I think, you know, I, I don't believe a word that comes out of any single one of the team's mouths, <laughs> basically. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a difficult one to assess, especially if you're not in the team. Um, only they know. Only they will truly yeah, know. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, the only way we'll find out is by watching the season progress and seeing how that car changes if it continues to change, which I'm sure it will. Um, and I'm sure there'll be weight-saving things that they can put onto it and stuff like that. So, um, mm. yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I would be surprised if there there are no more updates coming to that car. I think there's no. definitely going to be more stuff coming to yeah. it. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> an interesting question next, given the predictions we've just made from uh, Kilowog. Six races in and only two winners. Having seen Checo get team orders yesterday and Carlos continue to invent new ways to not podium, who do we think will be our next unique race winner this year? And where do we think it will happen? Um, they are... Russell at Monaco. <laughs> Kilowog is saying Bottas at Baku, which I would love to see, but... That would be rad. I do think Russell that would be is... A, a good one. Russell's the next name on the list for me, I think. Even though Sainz is I... in... On paper, the fastest car. It's just not yeah. panning out for him currently. For me, it's between Russell and Perez. 
Mm. I can see an Alonso win this year at some point. Mm. Interesting. Some weird circumstances and he just yeah, pops like a up. Hungry, like a rainy hungry or something like that. Oh, ooh. a rainy hungry in Alonso is like perfect recipe, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh, next one. Yeah, should we do the next one? Uh, Sarah Mella says, Hi guys, love the pod. A weekly must catch for me. Well, that's nice. Thank you. Um, a quick question though. Do you think the championship this year will be won purely on reliability? I know to an extent it is every year, but looking at how reliable the Mercedes is compared to Red Bull or Ferrari, could George actually be a realistic contender? It's not out of the question. It's early enough in the season that if they... if if they can keep up the rate of development, then potentially. But as we always say, developing a car is kind of diminishing returns, isn't it? Like mm. when you're very slow, you can get a lot of speed very quickly, but the faster you are, the harder it is to find those last few tenths. So, yeah. But it's not outside the realm's possibility for sure. It's it's definitely not. And like his position in the drivers' championship goes somewhere to say that. Like he's he's thirty points behind Leclerc. Is that all it is? Yeah, it's the closest thing you think, isn't it? It's like nothing. that that consistently have been that consistency. Sorry, have been in the top five every race is sort of paying dividends. That when the results start coming, he's going to be a lot closer than people yeah. realize. I think he's sort of flying really well under the radar at the minute. Mm. Like. He's ahead yeah. of science. Yeah. He's this head of science that's been a championship-leading car up until this point. Mm-hmm. So it, it does just go to show, like, the, the mistakes that science is making is actually quite costly for Ferrari, and the consistency that Russell is bringing is quite a big windfall for Mercedes. Yeah. So Russell had a bit of luck as Something well, to be said yeah. for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fair enough, luck's gone his way, but he's putting himself in the position yeah. to take advantage of that, and that's what's key. Yeah. Because sort of, I don't know, luck fell Alonso's way when Hamilton and Magnussen came together and it let him get further up the order quicker, but he still had to like put on a drive to make it nine positions gained or whatever it was instead of the two. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's where you stand out drivers show is that they're able to take advantage of those situations and, and be in the right place at the right time um so yeah it's it just I, th- I think that speaks volumes is kind of where he is in the championship and how how far he is behind those two despite you know only a couple of podiums in third place yeah yeah next one um Michelle says, who drove better yesterday, George or Lewis? And on a similar note, Simon Molyneux asks, what do you guys think of Hamilton's radio messaging, radio message just in parking up? And um, is this the first time the champ is actually losing his mojo? Once again, Russell took a step forward. How long before the inevitable balance of power changes? Mercedes? I've given this a little bit of thought, actually, the, the sort of power balance at Mercedes. And it mm-hmm. does... It's occurred to me that Hamilton might be sort of not as interested this season as what he has been in past seasons. Um, the, the the presenters keep sort of making something of this um, Hamilton having the green camera on the top of his car and Russell having the black one, and the the number two driver is always the one with the green. But <laughs> uh, and I don't know how 
you know, I think I take that with kind of a pinch of salt. But like, I think if you picked definitely... Neffel Driver at random, they wouldn't even know what color camera they've got. Yeah, they probably would. Honestly, but I think there's definitely it does it is starting to feel like there's a there's a shift of that that it feels like Mercedes are setting up for the future, and Hamilton is maybe just starting not he's not going off the boil i wouldn't say that at all i think he's had some shocking luck this season yeah um but and i don't think he yes on paper he's like slightly maybe like a half attempt slower in a lot of the sessions but if you look at the race pace most of the time hamilton's being being a little bit quicker so it's just i think a lot of it is down to look at the 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 um I think a telling thing happened on Friday in practice where the, the engineer was giving Hamilton the times to rustle, the gap to rustle. And Hamilton came on the radio and said, I only ever want to hear the gaps to the leader. And that was hmm. it just flat out said that and then nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And I think that points towards sort of Hamilton maybe is just looking at those results, looking at the championship standings and thinking looking across the garage and thinking, oh, I need to get my act together here. I need to, you know, I need, I need to get, I need to reduce this gap. I need to, need to change something to, to get, to get back into the lead. Um, because you do only measure yourself at your teammate, against your teammate. But at the same time, it's early in the season. They've only just got a car that's really worth driving to, to, to someone like Hamilton, who's got all these world championships. So I think now is the time when we're going to see him actually sort of come alive a little bit more. Now he's he's got to get that sniff of, of victory. Then I think he's yeah. going to, probably going to put a little bit more effort in. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well on on top of that, like to just add to what you were saying there about sort of his mentality and his attitude and stuff. I think I can't remember if it was after practice or after quali, but there was essentially like a happy-looking Lewis Hamilton, which I don't feel like I've seen all season, Yeah, at least not in the context of getting out of the car and talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, fair enough, he's been happier in other aspects, but, like, in that just out of the car, being interviewed and asked questions about it, that's the first time I've genuinely seen him actually yeah. look happy, and he's happy with the progress of it. And I think that's a key factor that maybe, like... I mean, it's not the first time he's gone, uh, oh, should we just retire this or should we, like, this race is done, I'm I'm done for, and then suddenly Retires are gone, Bono. A, a rig- yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it, it comments like that, but then recovers the drive and puts on one of the ones that ends up going down in the catalogue of, like, his best for whatever yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he likes to put the situation down further to then outperform it. I, I don't know. Maybe that's his mentality of like, you know what? I thought this car were going to retire. Yeah, I brought it home in fifth or whatever. It yeah, was it's like in. that like, scene in a Marvel film where you think all is lost and then miraculously <laughs> yeah. they come back and, and they... Exactly. Exactly. Really um, but yeah, his, his attitude has definitely gone more... Despite that comment, his attitude has actually gone way more positive this weekend after the yeah, updates. Sure. So I think that'll hopefully see a positive trend in his results. Um, In terms of the power struggle or whatever you want to call it, the power balance, I think I'm with you, Stu, on the fact that it's naturally going to shift towards George the longer he's at Mercedes because he's the future. He's like the future driver Mm, for for them. Um, So, yeah, I think that's just natural. Yeah, Yeah, agreed. Uh, And that is everything this week. So thank you as always, everyone, for joining us. 
thank you to all of our uh, patrons in the discord for joining us for the live show if you want to see how to get involved with that you can go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid and all the deets are there for that uh, as Tom mentioned earlier, you can go to backofthegrid.com to sign up for the Predictions League for free. And you can also see links to the Grid Rival Fantasy League and the F1 Fantasy League there. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, and all of those things if you want to get in touch. Um, we'll be back in a week's time to review the Monaco Grand Prix. I'm off to find out where I can watch Indy 500 qualifying because I think that hasn't happened yet, has it? It has happened. It has happened. You missed it. Damn it. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah, go and find yesterday. a replay the of fast... that. Isn't Although the... it's a new format, interestingly, Isn't it... for those that don't know. Go on, let's have an Indy Corner. Okay, Brief quick Indy, Indy corner, corner before we leave. Brief Indy Corner. Um, it's... So... There's always been the gritty sort of set, but then they have like an almost, for F1 terms, like a Q3 session where the top nine, it used to be at one point, would then re-qualify the next day to kind of reset those front three rows of the grid because they go three abreast in IndyCar. This year, they changed the format up a little bit and the top 12 went through to the next day. And then that was cut down to six. And then so basically the the guys on the front two rows, the top six, essentially qualified three times. Uh, Once on the main runs on Saturday, once in the Fast 12 on Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoon, and then once more Sunday evening. Yeah, I'm sure you can find a rerun somewhere, Chris. But for those in the UK, it is covered on Sky Sports. And And it comes up the races after... Monaco as well. Yes, so we'll probably mention that brief next week as well. Um, and yes, that's us for yeah. now. So until next week, thanks again for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.